welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Everyone is leading somewhere, in some capacity. And has the ability to raise up those who will come after them. I can empower the next generation and raise the level of leadership. By appreciating current leaders and past leaders. What is my legacy? What is my legacy? What is my legacy? What is my legacy? I told you to turn those off and get outside. Hi, can Tani come out and play? Sorry, she's got chores to do. Bless the food. Amen. And she had her eyes open. How would you know? Those girls are just so mean. Oh, they're just jealous. Yep, okay, thank you. That was your boss. I hate homework. If you'd concentrate, you'd be done by now. And one, two, three, four, one, two, three, rest. Can I be done now? Don't forget to flush. Good night. Don't close the door all the way. Yes. Oh, kind of cute to see the kids taking the lead. And uh, although kids don't always take the lead uh, around the household, how many know that they take the lead in some things, like uh, recycling? How many know that? The kids are leading the way, like, Mom, Dad, you're not going to throw that away like that. We've got to recycle. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to recycle, right? And they're like, uh, is our car running on biodiesel or whatever? I'm like, it just runs on gas, all right? How many of they take the lead on that? How many of they take the lead on seatbelt usage, right? Dad, you've got to click it, right? How many know that they take the lead with technology, right? If your VCR, and if you're using a VCR, we're praying for you, but if your VCR, <laughs> like, is blinking 12, man, just let the kids take the lead, all right? I have to, something that I do. I, I, whatever I buy electronically for me, I, I try to get one for the kids, not because I think they deserve one. I just want to know how to use it. You know what I'm talking about? And they're like, Dad, no, 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 let's download this app for you right here, and let's do it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's right, right, right. It's actually called reverse mentoring. Did you know that? Reverse mentoring, where the younger are actually mentoring the older. And there are those things where they, where they mentor us, and especially, again, in the area of technology. But we believe that everyone can lead. And so I wanted to talk to those that are younger today. How many think you're young? Raise your hand. All right, about a third of the place. People I didn't think would raise their hand did. 
didn't say R. I thought how many thought they were young. But I, I believe that everyone can lead. I believe that our kids can lead. I believe that our teenagers can lead. I believe that our 20-somethings can and should lead. I believe that 30 and 40 should lead. I believe 50 and 60. I'm still young, right? Those of you in that age group, all right, you're still young. I believe we all can lead, and I especially believe that the younger generation has to step up. I believe that. I'm going to speak to the younger generation today, but I'm also going to speak to all of us today. So I'll start with the younger, and then I'll get to all of us. But there's good lessons in here for all of us to hear. Now, I believe that. I believe that all of us can lead, and that if we're young, we've got to step up to the plate and lead. I spoke for a church that we helped start, and uh, spoke their very young church, Substance Church, and uh, spoke for them. And when I went in there, I saw their bulletin, and it said, our seniors ministry... 40 and over, and I was like, oh, I was offended, you know, but everyone can lead, every single one of us, and, and here's the thing, if we don't take this serious, that all of us can lead, and that we have a responsibility to train up the next generation, we are just one generation away from losing it all. One generation away from losing it all, and if we don't take it respons- you know, that responsibility that we have to train up the next generation, and we've got to make sure that they have mentoring, and that they have the ability to lead, and lead and make mistakes, and we can help correct it, and then give them more responsibility. If we don't take that serious, our obligation to raise them up, we are one generation away from losing it all. The Bible talks about that in Judges, about, you know, uh, the generation just, there rose up a generation that didn't know God. And you think, how could that happen? And I think it happens when leaders don't take it serious. When they don't take it serious, that they have an obligation to raise up the next generation, empower them to go on, and give them the power, and, and, and let go of it even before we want to let go of it. And say, go ahead, you've got it, run with it, we're going to help you, go ahead and lead. And this church believes that everyone can lead, even the children. We believe that. And we are going to look at this in 2 Timothy chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, turn with me there to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. Uh, we're also going to go to 1 Timothy, so just keep your, your hand there or keep a marker ready in Timothy. The Apostle Paul was speaking to Timothy, a young minister, and I'll point out to you uh, what they qualified as young in just a minute. But he says in 2 Timothy 2, uh, he says, And the things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. He's saying, I'm the old guy, I'm giving it to you, the young guy, and I want you to take what you've got and give it to reliable people who will then go ahead and bring it to teachable people that are willing to take it and go the next level. And we need these older leaders to realize, you know what, we want to invest in the next generation. We want to give them that. We want to give them everything we've got. It, it thrills us when you step up to the plate. And I can tell you, uh, in our elder meetings, we've been talking about this. How can we empower the next generation? How can we empower the next generation? How can we give them the ability to step up in leadership? How can we mentor them? And we're strategizing right now as elders, how can we even have life groups that we can lead for the youth group? How can we say that one of the greatest responsibilities is that the older uh, leaders of the church will help pour into them and raise them up so they're going to be ready to give it to the next generation and the next generation? See, because the job of leaders is really defined right here. If we're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, if we're going to be a leader, we're supposed to give it to the next generation. 
We're supposed to give it to them so they can go to the next one and the next one. It's our job to raise up leaders in the church. One of the things that I always think about in the church, it, I think about how big the church is getting, but I think that's not what de- defines our health. Our health is not defined at how many people showed up for marriage night or how many people showed up on the weekend or whatever. Our health is defined at how many people are stepping up and taking it serious that they're part of the church, they're called to go out and make a difference in this world, we're called to raise up more leaders, how many people are stepping up to it and really taking it serious, how many people are being disciples, not just attenders, how many people are taking it serious that they're going to be a leader, and I think if a church is going to be effective, it's going to have to raise up leaders, not just attenders. And so we're going to have to pass this on. And this passage says, Paul's going to give it to Timothy. Timothy's going to give it to reliable people. And reliable people will give it to other people. And we need young leaders in this church. So let me speak to you if you define yourself as young. Now let me just let you know that when, when Paul was talking about this and when he was talking about in 1 Timothy 4, where we're going in just a minute, he said, you know, let no man look down on your youth is what he was saying. A young person in the church was anybody below 40. Any, yeah, I heard somebody just go, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm in. All right. Anybody under 40 was considered young. And he's saying, let no one look down on your youth. But let's realize in our culture, we're thinking even younger than that. But he said, anybody under 40, man, don't let them look down on your youth. Now, people that were old were over 50. I was listening for an ouch. I just listened right there. Didn't hear it. So we got young under 40, older over 50. And they were saying anybody in between kind of is like trying to figure out if we're older or younger. But he said, let no one look down at youth. And he's saying, you know what? We, we need you to step up. And I'm saying this to the church right now. We need you if you're a young person, if you're 20-something, if you're 30, if you're in the teens, we need you to step up in leadership. We need it. I know that this culture that we're living in right now, how many know that in this culture, we don't expect a lot out of the younger generation? You know, I mean, we just don't expect a lot. Matter of fact, right now, I don't even know if we expect them to have a job when they get out of college, right? And we've just changed it so that healthcare will go to 26. I mean, and we're just kind of like, you know, we don't even know if they're going to have a job. We're just kind of low expectations. Can I say this? I have high expectations for the next generation. I have high expectations for the next generation. The, the world and the culture doesn't even expect you to pay attention. This church does. The world doesn't have expectations that you'll do anything about it. This church does. The world doesn't think you'll do anything that'll last, that maybe you'll get a little passion and then it'll burn out. But this church says you're going to have passion, you're going to rise up, and you need to step into leadership. We expect it, and I believe it, and I'm kind of, I am, I am declaring this. I'm not kind of, I'm declaring it over this church that our young people, you need to have that anointing on you and step up in leadership. We want you to, we desire it. Older generation, let's empower them. Younger generation, receive this and step up to the leadership that you need to be living to. The Apostle Paul says to Timothy, in in 1 Timothy 4, he says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Now I want to give you a couple observations here if you're sub 40 or you're 30 or 20 or you're a teenager listening to this. 
you you got to realize you're going to be looked down upon because you're young. That's what the passage says. It says, but don't let them look down on you. But they're going to. They're going to. They're going to say, who are you? You're just a kid. You can't do it. You can't do it. Somebody, anybody else older? Anybody else shaving? Want to volunteer? You know? Can we get somebody with some veteran experience? Please. They'll always look down at you, but don't let them. Don't let people look down. Say, I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to go for it. I'm ready to step up. You look in the Bible, people always look down on, on the young, and they're like, you're, you know, you're just a youth. You can't do it. You're just a kid. You can't do it. I mean, you can't do it. I remember when we started the church, I was 29 years old. 29 years old, and I remember starting the church, and I remember a couple years into the church, now I'm, you know, the only pastor on staff that's over 30. I'm the elder, you know? And uh, we had our elder meeting, and our elders were made up of pastors, and then some of the uh, people from the church that were lay leaders. And so we're getting ready to talk to the banks about a loan, and they come walking in, you know, these different banks were coming in to do these presentations and hear from our church and see where we're at. And the, the first one comes in, he's like, hi, how's it going? If you could just introduce me to the pastor, I'd, I'd appreciate that. And I greet him at the door. I'm like, you're talking to him. He's like, no, not the youth pastor. You know, appreciate that, you know. I said, no, no, I, right here. He's like, really? So I brought him into the room, and I said, here's the elders. And he looked at this room, and he's like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Thankfully, my dad was there with gray hair, and they looked at him like, this is the elder meeting. He's like, yep, and he's in charge, you know. <laughs> and I can remember the first guy walked out, and I could just feel it all over. I'm like, there's not a chance in the world we're giving these guys a loan. There's not a chance. And the second guy came in and talked, and he's like, same thing. Third guy came in, and at least he said, can I talk to the pastor? And when I said I was the pastor, he said, good to meet you. So that put him way up. How many know? <laughs> but there's just a, a tendency to look down on people because they're young. And if you're young, just realize that it's going to happen, but don't let them. Don't let them realize that. Don't get put off. Don't let it uh, discourage you in the church because somebody looks down on you because you're young. Step up to what Paul says. Now, another thing that I get from this passage here is, is don't blow off their thoughts. You know, the adults, the, the older adults are going to have thoughts. They're going to have things and, and they're going to prejudge you, but don't blow them off. Don't just say, forget it. Because you did that, I'm out. But step up to the leadership that God has called you to. Step up. And it says what you need to do is blow them away, really, by excelling at the things that God wants you to excel at. And so I want to point these things out. If you're a young leader around River Valley Church, I want you to follow the advice of the Apostle Paul to Timothy. And I want you to, first of all, be an example in the area of speech. First of all, I want to tell you, you should be talking about the things of God, strategizing about the things of God, and the things of God should be coming off your lips. Let's be an example in, in the things that come out of your mouth, even praise and worship. You know, let's be the ones that are first in with praise and worship. Our speech will be praising and worshiping. Our speech will be about the things of God. So that's a positive thing that we can do. We can be the ones that say, I will be the one that talk about, talks about the things of God. I'll be the one that worships. I'll be the one that goes in right away. But my speech will be an example. But in addition to that, let me say something on the negative side. Our speech needs to be pure. And if you're going to be a leader and you're sub 40 and you're going to be a leader, you need to have pure speech. And you need to be an example of the believers. And there is no room for profanity anywhere. And there is a looseness in our culture 
that has just kind of lost its way in the area of profanity where profanity is acceptable and cool. No, it's not. You need to be an example of the believers. And I'm going to speak to those, especially sub-30. You're under 30. There are substitute words that are cool culturally that are not the profanity words, but they are not cool for the follower of Jesus Christ. They're not acceptable. We're not going to come as close to the profanity word and do that. We're going to stand out in the area of our speech. Now, I know that the culture that we're living in, profanity is everywhere, but we're going to be an example of believers in our speech. We're going to do that. And uh, I know you might say, well, I hear it all the time at school. It's just the culture we live in, and it gets on me. You're going to have to rise above that. If you want people to take you seriously, you're going to have to rise above the profane speech that's around you. My kids were telling me, Connor and Logan were saying in their high school that it's just profanity after profanity after profanity in their high school. They're walking down the hallway. It's profanity, profanity, profanity. Some of the teachers swear. The teachers don't correct it. And they're telling me about all this profanity, and their school is no different than just about every other school around here. And it just infuriated me. And as a parent, I just wanted to go into the school and go into the principal's office and go, how you doing, you beeping, president? And, you know, beep, beep, principal, beep, 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 and, and swear. And then see what they do where they'd say, hey, watch your language. i say, why? Because you don't do it with the kids. And my kids were like, dad, you can't do that. <laughs> First of all, you're a pastor. <laughs> and secondly, you're our dad. Okay, you know, but it just bothered me. I said, you're going to be an example. You are going to be an example in your school. You're going to be an example in the church. And your speech is going to show that you take things seriously as a follower of Jesus Christ. Don't worry, I really wasn't going to do that. But I just kind of was just irritated, right? Now it also says you need to be an example in conduct. It says you need to be an example um, in your speech and in your conduct. And this is saying the things you do and the places you go. The things you do, the places you go, the way you spend your life, your actions are going to preach. And it's saying in your conduct, if you're going to win people over, you're going to have to do it in conduct. So if you're a, a, a younger leader, you're going to have to have the conduct that lives up to it. And if you don't, you may say, 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 say all the right words, but if your conduct doesn't lead up to it, people are going to dismiss you. So you're going to have to be an example in the conduct. You're going to have to live it. You're going to have to go for it. And St. Francis of Assisi he said, you know, preach the gospel at all times, and if you have to, use words. That's a great thing. Live in a way that your life says, I'm a leader, I'm an example, and even though I'm young, my conduct will, will just lead the way. You need to be an example if you're a young leader in love. You just hear something right now, like, finally, something I can lead in, you know. I can lead in love, let me tell you, you know. No, that's not what it means. <laughs> what it means is loving and caring for everybody. Loving and caring for everybody. He's saying, I want you to be an example in love because if you're a young leader, you may only love the people that can help you. You may only love the popular people. You may only love the powerful people. And Paul's saying, I want you to be an example in love, loving everyone, loving the people that are not powerful, loving the down and out, being an example in love and having what, uh, just that love that forgives, that love that moves forward, that love that is embracing, that love that cares. 
I'll never forget this. I got rebuked once in junior high. I, got, I was in public school, and I was with some friends, and, and the whole group was kind of teasing a socially awkward girl. Now, I didn't tease, but I was in the group. And I didn't stand up for her, and I was in that group. And they were teasing her in the hallway, and I remember that. And as I looked up as the group was teasing this girl, one of my teachers was standing in his doorway. He was the shop teacher, and he saw me, and he said, so yeah. And he said, I expected more from you. He said, aren't you a believer? I was just like, yeah. He goes, I said, but I, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't, te- I wasn't, did you, I, I didn't, you know, and I knew I was busted. <laughs> and he goes, I expected more. I expected more. You've, you've pronounced your faith. You've said that you're a man of faith. I believe that in you, and I expect more out of you. And then he just turned around and was like whittling wood, and how many know, like, I'm dying, you know, I'm just, you know. But it, it stood because an older man said, I expect more. That's not love. That's not love. That's not the love of a leader. And at that day forward, I was like, we are not teasing socially awkward people. We are loving everybody. I'm going to be a leader in this. Even if it means I get kicked out of my group, I am going to be a leader. I'm going to care for everybody. Paul's saying this, be an example in that. And then he says, in faith. Now let me say this, the word that he really is saying here is faithfulness. He's really saying faithfulness. He's saying, young leaders, if you want to be a leader that will be taken seriously, if you want to be a leader that we are looking at and we think is a great leader to follow, he's saying, be a faithful leader. He's saying, don't lose our trust. How many know those are just terrible words to hear as a teenager? Your parents say, you've lost our trust. They're like, and now you have to earn it back. So we're moving your curfew earlier. How many remember those painful days, you know? Yeah, those are painful days. And, and the Apostle Paul is saying, be a leader in faithfulness. And the picture that he's giving here is an idea, it, it's the idea of a soldier that's ready to fight when it's good times or bad times, and a soldier that has an empty stomach but doesn't complain and is faithful no matter what, doesn't look for an excuse to say, I can't enter the battle, I can't be what you need me to be, I'm going to be what you need me to be. If we're going to be younger leaders that step up to the plate, we're going to have to stop giving excuses and be faithful. Stop giving excuses, just be faithful. And I'm afraid that each generation gets better and better and better at giving excuses. Let's stop giving excuses and let's be faithful people that people can count on. And the world will take you serious if you're a young leader because you're faithful, you're on time, you don't drop the ball, you get things done, your yes is yes, your no is no. These are the type of leaders we need in this church. Another thing is impurity. Impurity is what the text says here. And it really means in conduct, that in our conduct, we're going to be pure and we're going to be living a life that goes against the flow. And I'm telling you what, in the younger generation of leaders, there's, uh, again, I, I'm feeling like an old man here, all right? But I'm in between. I'm over 40. I'm under 50, all right? Cut me some slack. I got an iPod, all right? Anyways, all right. An iPhone and an iPad, all right? But there's just a, a, a disconnect. 
I'm going to be a leader, but I'm going to live in a moral life. And God's okay because I ask for forgiveness. And after all, how can he take it serious? I mean, I'm 20-something. You know, and it's not like it was back in the day when Pastor Rob was a 20-something. And it's different now. You've got to be a leader, and we can't take you seriously if you're a younger leader, if you're not going to step up in the area of moral purity. And this really means not only in the area of what you do, but what you think. Just like, well, I'm, I'm living holy, I'm living holy, I'm living holy. But in your mind, you're thinking, but if there was an option, that's not good. It's saying that even in your mind, if you're going to be an example to the believers in purity, you've got to say that even if the opportunity presented itself to me, I will still live holy. I will still live holy. I will say no to the temptation. I'm going to be an example. That's, that's really a reason why uh, the early church didn't put people in leadership until they were over 40. Because they said, man, you got all these urges, you got all these things, we don't know if you're a great example or not. And so all you young men, we got to make sure, we got to prove you, we got to take time. We need you to live pure. Young men and young women, we need you to live pure and be an example. Because if we're going to be an example to the world and we're going to be the leaders, remember, every one of us is a leader. If we're a follower of Jesus Christ, we're a leader. And if we're going to be out there leading them into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ, then they need to look at the best men and women that will be leaders in all these areas. Because Christianity really is of no use to them. They look at us and they say, you're no different than me. You're you're doing all the same things. I don't get it. I don't understand how Jesus forgives me. But then he he lets me live just like I live. I don't get it. And they're confused. We need a younger generation that will step up and say, I'm going to be a leader that will be an example. And I'm just praying that our leaders around here that are young, however you define young in your eyes right now, you will step up and realize we empower you. We want you to step up to it. We want you, but we need you to be an example in these areas. I want to let you know that we have some deacons right now in our church that are sub 30. They're under 30. We have 20-some-year-old deacons. We have deacons younger than I was when I started the church, and I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that. We believe in that. We want to empower you, and we want you to step up. But I want to challenge all of us now, if I can, and that was a good challenge for the young and the old, but I want to challenge all of us now, all right? The Apostle Paul has a, a, a statement that he says that I think as godly leaders, we need to set as our standard and it's in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. How many want to say that one? How many say, don't follow me, follow Jesus? Have you ever said that? Don't follow, a I, I, lot of faults, a lot of problems, lot of, you know, don't follow me, follow Jesus. Follow something, you know, not me. The Apostle Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And I'm speaking to all of you that are leaders, and I believe all of us are leaders. We need to be ready to say that. And the reason why we don't want to say, follow me as I follow Christ, he wasn't saying, I'm perfect, and by the way, get your eyes on me. He's saying, as your eyes are on Jesus, I'm on the road ahead of you. I'm moving ahead. I'm trying to perfect things. I'm moving closer to how God wants me to be. And I'm a good enough example for you to look at me and look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Not perfect, but look at me. 
But we don't want to say that because we've got a lot of things in our life that we are not proud of. And a lot of us don't take sin very seriously. A lot of us don't do it. We just, you know, oh, okay, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I don't want to be a leader. I don't want to have to say, follow me as I follow Christ. And I want to hit on a few things. What do you need to get rid of so that you can say, follow me as I follow Christ? If we're going to be the leaders God needs us to be in this church, in the community, in the world, we've got to get rid of some things. I just hit it for the younger leaders, but I hit it for all of us again. Morality. Is there something in your life that you know I can't be a leader in this church because I am not living a moral life? God wants you to repent of it. God wants you to confess it as sin and turn away from it. God wants you to not dabble with it, not excuse it away. God wants you to confess it as sin and say, I am sorry for my sins, and God, I want to turn from that. I will be the leader you need me to be. I will live a morally pure life. God, I want to be clean. Maybe some of you have let things slip. I might be talking to a couple men in our church right now. You've been to our purity ministry, and you've let things slip, and you were here, and now you're here, and you can't say, follow me as I follow Christ, and God's calling you to repent. God's calling you to step back up to the level of leadership you were at and move forward. But we've got to be the leaders. Maybe there's a social area where we can't say, follow me as I follow Christ, because we're full of gossip. We're full of anger. We've never dealt with it. We've never brought it to the cross and said, God, I, I've got anger issues. I can't say, follow me as I follow, because I'm so full of anger. And every time people talk to me, my speech and conduct is anger and anger and anger. Man, bring it to the cross. Bring it to Jesus and say, I'm done with it. God, help me. Give me the strength to be the leader so that I can say, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow my example. There's personal areas that we just need to get rid of and say, God, it's not good enough. I'm not humble. I can't say, follow me as I follow Christ because I'm so full of pride. God wants you to kill the pride. God wants you to kill those things that are wrong in your life and say, God, I want to take care of them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Please keep making me into the leader that I need to be. Keep making me into the follower of Jesus Christ that I need to be. I'm following you, Lord. I've got my eyes fixed on you, and I want to be able to turn to the next generation and to my kids and to the people around me and my neighbors and my coworkers. Follow me as I follow Christ, not follow Christ and try to ignore my example. Man, we've got to do this. There's domestic areas. We've got to lead our homes well. We've, we have to. We have to lead our homes well. And maybe God is speaking to some people here and saying, it's time for you to step up and you can't say, follow me as I follow Christ. Because if we went to your home, it'd be a train wreck. If God is convicting you of this, get your home right. Confess it. Say, God, I, I need to be the man of God or the woman of God, or I need to be the, the, the child that is in submission to my parents. I can't say, follow me as, my, as I follow Christ, because I'm sending a dual message to all my friends. Man, let's get this right, and let's be able to say, it's a huge statement, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. There's an intensity and a passion that I have today, because I believe this. I believe the world is looking for someone to lead the way. I believe they're looking for it. They're looking for the answer and, and everything they're trying. And they're saying, will somebody lead me to the truth? And you're the leaders God wants to use. 
I believe that. And I believe the hope of the world is Jesus Christ. And I believe that he's going to use the local church to bring it to them. That's why I'm praying, God, raise up your leaders through the local church so we can bring Jesus Christ to a world that desperately needs to be led to the right answer, which is you, Lord. And I believe that there's a, the time is now. The time is now, and it's time for us, young and old, to be the leaders that God has called us to be, to be the examples. And one of the things that that's going to require is we start getting rid of the things in our life that hinder our leadership. We start confessing those things and saying, God, that's got to go. Please help me. God, give me a mentor that can speak into my life and help me to grow in this area. God, help me to step up. I want to lead this area. I don't want to when they ask for help at church, I don't want to disqualify myself and self-disqualify myself because I know what I do in the dark. God, I want to be able to say that I'm not perfect, but I'm following you and I want to be able to say to the world, follow me as I follow Christ. And I am asking our whole church to look inside right now and say, God, what do I need to get rid of? How can I be a better leader? How can I be the man or woman of God that you want me to be so we can reach this world for you? I'm praying we'll be able to say, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I believe God wants to use us. And he's putting it in our hands. He's saying, will you lead? 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 And I'm asking again, will you? Will you lead? Will you lead? Will you step up to it? Will you lead? Will you go and say, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. God, you've convicted me, I'll step up. God, I'm young, but I'll be an example of these things. Lord, that list looks long, that list looks hard, but I'll do it, God. I will do it. I will lead, I will lead, I will lead. But I want you to bow your heads all across this place right now, and I believe God has great things in store for you. I believe that, and I just want to speak over you right now that God has great things in store for you. God has great things in store for you. God wants you to rise up to be the leader that he's called you to be. God wants you to rise up and and take care of the things that hinder that statement where you can't say, follow me as I follow Christ. It's not good enough that just you get in. God wants you to lead the way so others can get in. So I am just asking you now with your heads bowed that you'd be doing business with God right now and you'd be saying, God, convict me of those areas that have to change. I want to be the godly leader that you want me to be. I am praying right now for you and I'm asking God that you would help convict us of the things that keep us from saying that statement. Lord, I pray right now for the younger generation. And I pray, God, that they would rise up and they would be the example. They would stop messing around. They'd realize this is a church that empowers them. This is a church that believes in them. This is a church that has high expectations of them. And like Paul, we say no one should look down on their youth. We're not going to let that happen. We're going to believe that they're going to be the examples. And God, I pray that they would receive that and they would be the examples that they need to be. We can't waste the time. There's a world that desperately needs a church that's on fire, a church that will bring them to the truth. And God, you want to use young and old, and I pray that you'd use every single one of us. I pray that the younger generation right now would receive that, Lord. If they've always felt that it's for the older, maybe they're even 40-something, and they've always felt it's for the older, it's for the older, it's for the now. 
And God, I pray that the older would take the responsibility and the younger would step up in Jesus' name. And I'm just believing that. I'm believing that, God, that we're going to have an abundance of leaders. They're going to step up. We're going to be taking care of those things that need to go. And we'll be the leaders that you've called us to be. Thank you for that. God, in faith, I am believing for an abundance of leaders, for a level of leadership to go up to a whole nother level. And I'm just praying for that in Jesus' name, that that would happen in our church. They would see the leadership rise up to another level that we never dreamt was possible. And with that, God, we want to give you the glory and the honor and the praise. We are following you. We are pointing people to you. And we want to be effective, bringing them into that life-changing, authentic relationship with you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we stand up all across this place?